Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, the podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and learn a little bit more about how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get things rolling. It is that time of year, time to celebrate family and friends and our relationships and connections with loved ones, time to think about serving and helping each other out just a little bit more, and, well, quite frankly, time to celebrate that we are almost, almost through 2020. This time of year is a time of celebration for a number of cultures and religions around the world. It's a time of faith, magic, or simply appreciating your loved ones. For many, it is gift-giving season, and a lot of that focus is on the kids. Let's be honest, they keep the magic alive. So, in honor of this season of thinking of others before ourselves and helping kids see the world with eyes that are just a little bit more hopeful and full of magic, let's talk about one toy that has fueled generations of play and imagination. Legos. Evil plot, obviously made by foot doctors and vacuum companies around the globe, just to cause us pain at two in the morning when you step on it just right. But what we'll find as we dig a little deeper is a story of an inventor who just would not quit, which is something we all need to hear, especially this year. So let's take a quick peek at the real story behind the toy that has been named Toy of the Century twice. The story of Legos begins with a woodworker, a disaster, a fire, and Denmark. And no, it's not Shakespeare. But the company's impact is just as global. In 2016 alone, the company sold 75 billion, with a B, Legos. The man's name was Ole Kirk Christensen. He was a woodworker in the early 1900s. In the beginning, he had a family, and a home, and a shop. One day in 1924, however, as his sons were playing, they accidentally set a pile of wood chips on fire. The fire grew in size to engulf the entire shop as well as their home. Talk about escalating quickly. Prior to the fire, Christensen had made ladders, tools, and other typical items. After the fire, Christensen took it as an opportunity to build a bigger workshop. A few years later, however, another series of tragedies occurred. The American stock market crashed, which led to a huge depression worldwide, including Denmark. And only a few years later, in 1932, his wife died. Following these disasters, Christensen was forced to make several layoffs and eventually just decided to stop trying to sell the larger ticket items and began instead to craft toys something smaller and simpler that could sell, albeit for less. Unfortunately, this idea, too, didn't work out well. Soon he was bankrupt, and relatives tried to require that he quit making toys as part of the terms of his bailout. Christensen refused, however, and eventually, after huge struggles, his toys, his clever, impeccable toys and new designs, began to garner national fame. He refused to lower the quality of his work and continued to innovate with designs and pole toys. In fact, his best seller was a wooden duck that opened and closed its mouth when pulled. It is now a collectible item. It wasn't all sunshine and daisies for Christensen, however. As in 1942, Germany occupied Denmark, which, in the course of the occupation, led to his entire factory being, once again, you guessed it, burned to the ground. 
At this point in his career, however, Christensen was able to come back from this tragedy and even look toward further innovation. That innovation was plastic. Plastic became the name of the game. After the war, however, plastic and plastic injectors were in short supply and were in fact banned by Denmark. This didn't stop Christensen, however, as he procured a plastic injection molding machine in 1946. He experimented with the machine until 1947, when the ban was lifted and he could finally sell his toys and new creations once again. His newest creation was entitled Automatic Binding Bricks. The English name was meant to honor the Allied forces who had liberated Denmark. The new bricks themselves were inspired by an English toy made by a company called Kittycraft. The two companies amicably agreed that LEGO could use the design, and in 1981, LEGO formally bought the rights. After making some improvements, Christensen and his sons began selling bricks in 1949. Sadly, in 1958, Mr. Ola Christensen passed away just before the launch of the official system of play for LEGOs, meaning that every brick could interlock with every other brick. This means you could take a Lego from 1955 and fit it with another Lego from 2020 and it would work. Then came the last of the fires. You thought we were done. So did everyone else. We are not. Just five years after the launch of the system of play, the fire consumed all of Lego's wooden products. From these ashes, the company decided to focus solely on plastic. Over the next 60 years, Lego, as we know it, began to flourish. The company introduced the Lego wheel, building instructions, Legoland Park, located in Billund, Denmark, and in 1978, we had the first Lego minifigure. We discovered themes like castles and pirate ships. In 1980, Lego developed an education department, believing that the toys were meant for more than just play. This led to their partnership in 1984 with MIT Media Lab USA, focusing on adding intelligence to play. In 1996, Lego hit the internet with its own website, and from there, innovation has continued to flourish, with Lego robots launching with MIT Media Lab. The first Lego brand retail store opened in Köln, Germany in 2002. In 2004, however, Lego hit a rough patch and quickly pivoted yet again, leading to the launch of Ninjago in 2011. Then in 2014, the Lego movie premiered. Lego has remained an innovator through the ups and downs over the years. In the years following the stock market crash and the death of his wife, his own bankruptcy, and some of his darkest times, Christensen decided to rename his company to reflect his desire to continue on, to keep moving forward. He renamed the company Lego for the Danish phrase Leigot, or play well. In the end, had it not been for one man's determination to continually pull the ashes from literal fires in his life and remake it into something new, the world would never have enjoyed the wonderful imaginings of playtimes with Legos, numerous stubbed toes, and perhaps most important of all, Lego Batman. I think it was worth it. And what I love about his story is that he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He kept going. And ultimately, that's each one of our stories. When we imagine we like to tell the hero's tale of overcoming obstacles, of beating the odds, of doing the impossible... And in real life, in many cases, we do that because we keep going. Not all of us have factory fires, but we do ultimately keep going. And that is really quite a miracle. 
So I hope you remember what you imagined as a child that you were capable of doing. And no, you are still capable. You can still do it. The set might have changed. It might not be dragons. It might not be fairy tales. But you can still overcome it, whatever the obstacle is. Thanks for listening and hope you have a great day.